having lots of SKUs, being you know more open to the idea of, of kind of smaller asks of production environments rather than large, high volume production runs. We've seen a complete shift in the technology landscape across different industries, across different sectors. At the end of the day, Smart Factory is really all about the combination of these rapidly advancing technologies combined with creating impact in the manufacturing environment. Growing skills gap, increasing cyber threats, supply chain disruption. Do these sound familiar? It's a tough industry to be in, and we're here to help. I'm your host, Caroline. And I'm your host, Doug. And you're listening to AWS Industrial Insights, the podcast for manufacturing and industrial business leaders who aren't afraid to think big. We interview executives from well-known companies to share their disruptive ideas on topics like leadership, technology, and innovation. So let's get started. Thank you, Jason and Stephen, for joining us today on AWS Industrial Insights. We're really excited to have you here. Um, and to start off, you know, it'd be great to kind of get to know you. Jason, could you introduce yourself and share with us your title, where you work, and you know, your current role? Sure. Thanks for thanks for having us today, Carolina. I appreciate it. My name is Jason Bergstrom. I am a principal in at Deloitte Consulting in our Smart Factory business. I've been serving the manufacturing space for the last twenty five years, and I lead all of our efforts around go to market, which encompasses all of our sales, all of our marketing and our sales motion with our ecosystem sponsors. Awesome, well, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, thanks for having now, us. Yeah, of course. So now we'd also, Stephen, can you please introduce yourself for us? Hi there, uh, great to be here today. My name is Stephen Lopper. I am the Smart Factory Business Leader for Deloitte, and we are in the business of helping organizations improve their manufacturing operations, uh, not only by using some of the traditional techniques that they uh, have come very accustomed to over the last two, three decades, things like Lean and Six, uh, Six Sigma, other um, you know, managerial techniques, but now also combining those with some pretty rapid advancements in, in, in technology. It's, it's an exciting time to be in the smart factory space. Awesome. Well, Doug and I are so excited to have you both here. I think you're going to be some great subject matter experts for what we're going to talk about today. And to jump right in, you know, we're really focused today talking about the smart factory. And I know that AWS and Deloitte has a pretty unique relationship around this topic. Um, so to get started, Stephen, can you tell me a little bit about like when we're talking about what is a smart factory, what does that mean? And also, can you define like what is the smart factory, that specific relationship with AWS? Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe if we just start with that broader smart factory uh, definition, you know, it it really goes by a, a by a number of different uh different names. You know, we we chose to call it smart factory, but um many of the 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 customers, many of the clients that we work with, they, you know, they have slightly different uh vernacular that they put around that. So that could be smart refining, it could be uh, smart manufacturing, it could be digital operations, for example. Um, the, the name is, uh, while the name is, uh, you know, perhaps a bit diverse across different industries, across different sectors, at the end of the day, Smart Factory is really all about the combination of these rapidly advancing technologies um, combined with creating impact in the manufacturing environment. And, and what we're finding increasingly is, you know, the, the, the impacts that are being created in the manufacturing environment really require data and information from all across the, the supply chain and across the enterprise. 
I think a really great example of that is when we start talking about the, the digital thread and how all of that data moves through the supply chain to have a, a positive impact on, on the operations environment. And quick question then, when you say the digital thread, what do you mean by that? I've kind of heard that term used a few different times in different contexts. Like, can you kind of clarify how that applies here? Yeah, of course. Um, the digital thread really is about building the connections between different parts of your organization in a way that allows uh, information to be transmitted um, uh, digitally and in as part of a, a common data model. When we think uh, a really, you know, a really specific example of this might be um, digital product development and how the, the, the tools and the systems that a product engineer uh, might use can speak directly to perhaps a, a manufacturing execution system. So that way there's a, a tight linkage between what's happening in the design environment and what's being executed in the manufacturing environment. That, that, that's one very specific example, but representative of, of where organizations are, are going with the digital thread. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm curious too, do you think that that has changed significantly versus like from 10 years ago? Like what, why should people care now? Yeah, for sure. There are, uh, there's, there, there's a dramatic uh, improvement in the connectivity of these different systems, uh, connectivity of different manufacturing environments. Um, connectivity across the organizations um, that, uh, that, that are adopting these types of technologies. And that, that inter interconnectivity uh, in itself doesn't create the value, but the creation of, of these connections uh, between those different parts of the organization and the, the systems that they use um, is, uh, is a really important impact. One of the uh, one of the things that um, that we recognized uh, is that sometimes this this type of um, these types of connections and these types of tools are are hard to see. Uh, one of the requests that we often at Deloitte would get is, you know, could you take us to see a smart factory implementation? And of course, you know, we, we we've got a lot of different opportunities to do that. Um, during COVID, that that of course became a little bit more difficult to 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 bring um, external parties into. Uh, you know, into the manufacturing environment um, to be able to see some of these demonstrations, and and for a for a variety of reasons, we we chose to embark on a a uh, smart factory of our own, and that smart factory uh, is located in, in 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 Wichita. It's on the innovation campus of Wichita State University, uh, and that is done in conjunction with uh, an ecosystem of which uh, AWS is a, a very important component. Uh, in that smart factory, we call it the smart factory at Wichita. It's part of a global smart factory network. And inside that smart factory, we have built a, a fully functioning kind of manufacturing environment. We make a, a, a pretty cool product. It's, a, it's actually a STEM education kit that, uh, yeah, and, and, the, and the best part is it serves as a, as a real product for us to demonstrate the, the power of the smart factory. Um, and it also serves a, a, a greater purpose in our ability to then um, take those uh, STEM education kits that we produce and, and actually donate them uh, to uh, middle schools in uh, underserved communities uh, across the country. So Stephen, we've kind of got, well, or Jason, either whoever wants to answer this next part is, so we're actually built a concept using the concept of a smart factory to bring customers to touch, feel, and see. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's 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 exactly it, Doug. And um, one of the you know one of the one of the challenges with um, with most manufacturing operations is that um, you know their their mission, of course, is manufacturing. Uh, it's usually not hosting um, um, guests that are there to <laughs> to see uh, their smart factory in action. And when we built the smart factory at Wichita, it was very much done with both of those purposes in mind. That it's a a fully functioning manufacturing environment to 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 see these, um, you know, to see these different types of capabilities at work. But it's also an experience center where people can can get their hands dirty. They can they can participate in smart manufacturing to really understand what these types of capabilities uh, really look like in the manufacturing environment. So if we look back over the past 10 years in the manufacturing environment, we've kind of been talking about the smart factory or a smart factory concept for a long time. We talked a little bit about this, but what changed? And what are we bringing to life within the smart factory to show that to the customers? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Doug. So I think there's a number of factors at play. The, the first being a number of macroeconomic issues that we've seen bubble up over the course of the last five years or so, dating back even before the pandemic. But certainly over that time, we've seen a lot of changes going on. Uh, examples of these include things like clients and customers becoming much more focused on being, you know, uh, having lots of SKUs, being, you know, more open to the idea of, of kind of smaller asks of production environments rather than large high volume production runs. We've seen a complete shift in the technology landscape. Although Stephen and I have been in the space for a long time and technology has evolved, it really hasn't gotten to a place where it could fully sustain digital operations until just recently. And a lot of that was unlocked during, during the pandemic. And then on top of that, you have the pandemic effects as well. So the idea of being able to do things in a more automated fashion. Uh, we're seeing labor challenges that I think most manufacturers are feeling, uh, especially over the course of the last two or three years, that make it a little bit tougher to run operations. And all of that combined with just the general realization that most organizations need to digitize their operations to compete has really lit a fire within the marketplace. And as a result, this shift to how do we really think differently about how we manufacture, leveraging these new technologies, solutions um, like those from AWS, is, is really the focus of almost all of, of our clients in the marketplace. The smart factory at Wichita, as Stephen alluded to, is really a fantastic environment where we're able to bring together a lot of different world-class providers of those technologies and showcase them in an end-to-end, -end, fully functioning production line which allows them to see and proves to them that it can be done, that you can really think differently about how you manufacture products from inputs coming into a warehouse to final products going into an AWS truck on the other side of the facility. It's really a, a magical experience and one that we're extremely proud of. So if I'm a CFO, a CEO, a CDO, keep going with all the different C's, right? Just to make fun. Um, CTO, keep going. Uh, why would I want to go to the smart factory? I mean, I've got my factory out back. What am I going to see that is going to perk my interest and say, wow, this is completely different? Yeah. So I think historically, the, the interest and the focus has been with the COO, 
or perhaps your most senior manufacturing leaders. And the reason for that is this is in their backyard, right? So improving things, making step change improvements to productivity, to production output, to capacity, those are all COO goals and objectives. And what's happened as organizations have learned how to how to address their end-to-end production systems and, and really move to digitizing from the front of the line to the back of the line is they've now unlocked capabilities that are much more fundamental to how CEOs, CFOs, CTOs run the business. Uh, as an example, and I alluded to this a moment ago, the idea of being more agile and more flexible in how you manufacture at a lower cost basis could completely change what you sell in the marketplace. It could fundamentally change the markets you serve. And those are strategic questions that are impacted by digital operations that are of great interest to CEOs and CFOs. And we've found in a number of studies that we've done that you know, things like time to market and new product development, those are critical components to how you compete. And digital factories, smart manufacturing is able to make significant reductions in how you bring products to market around that digital thread that Stephen alluded to. And we've seen reductions in those of 30 to 40% of cycle time, uh, which is huge and complete game changers for organizations. So now we've got customer that's gone through here to see, you know, we've got the board that's there and they're kind of seeing this. They walk out and they go home. What do we do next for them? Uh, Doug, in terms of after visiting the facility? Yeah, so they've gone through the facility. They're wowed. They love what we do. We've got concepts of digital thread. We've got, you know, additive manufacturing. We've got robotics. We've got some manual capabilities that are happening there. Just like any manufacturing site. Now they go home and they're kind of looking going, you guys were great. This was good. What, how do we operationalize that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So part of what we do with, with every, every visitor that we have through the facility is it's more than just showcasing them a bunch of bespoke technologies. In fact, we spend quite a bit of time preparing each of those visitors uh, to understand what their major pain points are within their manufacturing and supply chain organizations, such that when they come through the facility, we're able to do more than just showcase tech, but rather speak to technology process and human capital and cyber concerns that are critical to their business issues. And so when you say they leave the factory, they don't really ever leave, they physically leave, but we are continuing to work with them around those issues. And what they've seen as part of that visit then comes to life in post-visit dialogue where we apply some of the art of the possible that we shared to their business issues and help them to think differently. And for each client, that could be a little bit different from upfront strategy and visioning and road mapping to clients that have tried to do this but aren't quite getting value out of their proof of concepts to other clients that are pretty mature but they can't figure out how to scale. And using some of this new tech in, in, in new applications are ways for us to drive those solutions across their networks. And so there's a natural connection point post-visit that's actually as important, if not more important, than the visit itself. That's awesome. And I think, you know, it's really good that you approach that on a customized basis, understanding that customers are coming from different points of view with different challenges um, and you have a solution for them. So I think that's really good. And my next question is for Stephen here, kind of specifically on some of those challenges 
I would imagine if I'm a customer coming into this amazing smart factory, I think like, oh my gosh, this is like the utopia of industry 4.0, but I could never do this. I have problems. My infrastructure is too old. I don't have the talent for this. Can you talk a little bit about like, what are some of the common challenges or barriers that you hear customers bring up when they first come into this new factory environment and how do they face those? Yeah, it's 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 an incredibly relevant question because the important thing to acknowledge is that most organizations, uh, and in our you know our experience, it's it's actually less than five percent of organizations are 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 actively investing in greenfield smart factory facilities, and so what that means is that um, for for the remaining you know, 95 plus percent is that those organizations are seeking to adopt these types of, of capabilities, which are going to result in the impacts that, that you know, that their, their shareholders are increasingly expecting uh, from them as, as organizations. They're having to adopt them in the existing manufacturing footprint. And that's really important. Because now that means that um, organizations are faced with a number of, of, of challenges. Um, those challenges range from um, having the, the, the right talent in those existing uh, locations and in the organization to be able to activate and, and truly gain the value and impact uh, from these types of smart factory capabilities. Um, it's inclusive of challenges with a very, very diverse set of uh, manufacturing equipment, um, oftentimes from um, very different vintages, um, the underlying control systems, if they're even present at all <laughs> in, uh, in the equipment, uh, may, uh, may present challenges in terms of connectivity, um, uh, ability to have a common dot data model, and also um, thinking about connectivity. Um, manufacturing facilities um, tend to uh, tend to not always be in the uh, areas uh, of, uh, of of the world with the most robust um, connectivity. And how you think through those uh, those 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 challenges um, really, really, really has a very significant impact on uh, the the uh, time to value um, in these smart factory solutions. So Stephen, lots of great examples of there what customers' problems are seeing, problems that statements that they have. You know, too many machines, too many disparate things, maybe not even software in place. What's different now if we look back even two years ago to to what what we're able to bring to these customers to help solve those problems? Yeah, and 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 Jason mentioned it that. It, the, the the real ability for organizations to operate um, in a truly digitized fashion, um, while many of the underlying components of that technology has been building up over time, it's only really in the last few years that that's come together in a way that that allows the full full enablement. Um, many many organizations um, taking a very explicit focus on uh, the type of talent uh, that is necessary to to operate these types of uh, types of solutions. Not only operate, but to, to build uh, those solutions. Um, one of the things that is fundamentally different with the workforce today is, uh, is an expectation uh, from the workforce of being able to operate in a, a more digital fashion. Um, you know, through, through our consumer lives, 
Uh, we have all become very, very accustomed to our smartphones and having certain types of data available to us uh, really at our fingertips in a very convenient, uh, organized way. This is one of the hallmarks of these digital solutions that are being deployed as part of Industry 4.0 and as part of Smart Factory is what we like to call a persona-based uh, approach or an, a persona-based solution. And in that particular case, this, this is really focused on getting the right type of data to the right individual at the right time in a way that they are best able to consume that information to make the next best decision in their, in, in their role or in their, in their job. Um, that's a really, really, really important place for, for a lot of organizations to start with is a, is a distinct acknowledgement of who's using the information and how's that going to help them better make, better make decisions and the designing the tools around around that skill set and, and capability. Underpinning that then comes some pretty pretty significant advancements in, in the ability to create common data models, to be able to apply algorithms to uh, very, very diverse sets of, of inputs and signals, um, to create a, you know, a, 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 a layer in which uh, takes a lot of that complexity out. And that's a really, really important uh, second feature of these types of solutions is that even though the underlying machinery, the underlying uh, control systems, the PLCs may be of all different vintages and, and uh, of different um, capability, that that complexity layer is, is in place to, to really make that a, a, a more homogeneous type of, uh, type of solution for, for people, people to, to, to utilize. And then the other thing that I would point to as distinctly different is our ability to interface with machines and equipment in ways that pr we previously were not able to. And this is a great example of where computer vision has come into play. I, I mentioned uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek uh, earlier around the idea that, you know, maybe even some of these assets don't even have control systems. And, and in about 30% of the, uh, of, of the smart factory solutions that we deploy, that's exactly the, the case, that either there's no previously existing uh, control system or um, it's too rudimentary to be able to interface with. Um, you know, at the smart factory uh, there in Wichita, we, we, we joke with our guests a little bit and we have a, uh, we have a uh, pretty common um, injection molding machine that many of our clients still use today. And, and, and that's... Um, that, that has a you know early 80s vintage and we kind of joke with them a little bit and ask them to try to find the ethernet port on the on on the injection molding <laughs> machine of course there is none right um, so how we <laughs> so how we interface with that machine is really really important and in this particular example utilizing computer vision uh, via a video stream that's being processed in a combination of both at the edge and in the cloud um, to be able to ascertain the status of that machine is is a very natural solution, but that's something that's really only become available to us uh, in, in at scale in the last in the last uh, the last two three years. Awesome! It really sounds like technology is unlocking a lot of new opportunities for us. Thank you for tuning in to AWS Industrial Insights. If you want to learn more about today's episode, head over to the blog for a list of featured resources on this topic. You can also find today's blog in the episode description and also on our website at aws.amazon.com slash industrial slash podcast.